to the 10th episode we've made it into double figures of in the shadow of vesuvio my name is henry bell and i am speaking to you in the west of scotland late at night this is late night napoli and even later is naples right now and we have michele borelli over there at napoli tickets on twitter ciao come time michele hello 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 i mean this is a lie uh, there is no shadow in the Vesuvio right now, this is very late at night. This is actually 11 p.m. We are lying to everyone. We're burning the midnight oil, Michele. Imagine everybody. What's, what's the moon like in Naples right now? Oh, come on. I don't know. It's been cloudy. It's actually been raining for the past week. So. You've got to stop this. We need to exoticize it. All our listeners have this very romantic it, view. It's been, it's been sunny for the past week. It's been amazing. I've been at the beach with a coconut in my hand for the past <laughs> week. So it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah, it's been really nice. The coconut in one hand and a pizza in the other. So, yeah. Whilst playing the mandolin. Um, Absolutely. No, with the other hand, yes. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> it was late night, so we've already, we've already gone into filth. Um, you could have said it was, there, was a, there was a Luna Rossa. You know, we could get a bit Roberto Moreno. No. Okay. Yeah, I could lie about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, yeah. Not even two minutes into the podcast and we are ready. We don't give you lies here, though, do we, Michele? We give you truth. We drop absolutely. truth bombs left, right, absolutely. and center. Yes. Uh, okay, so I'm really looking forward to this episode because uh, we're going to be talking about hilariously uncontroversial topics such as Lorenzo Insigne. And things like that. So it should be really simple, right, Michele? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing controversial about that. Yeah, no one's very, been no very safe opinions all around. No one's been falling out over Twitter and you know all sorts, but um, it'll be fine. Anyway, so before we start, this is episode ten. What is ten in the Napoli Tombola? The ten in the Napoli Tombola is the Fasul, uh, and uh, I find it. A little bit disappointing because we started out very, you know, I like the numbers, you know, it was very dirty, very filthy, you know, and uh, and now we're going with what the kids, the beans, come on, you know, the tombola, the Napolitan tombola becomes quite offensive and dirty and filthy as we go on, but now it's been very safe, very, I don't know, boring. I think this is uh, San Gennaro. Tell, telling us that we have to keep going we have to we, you know we have no other choice we have to imagine keep going if until, we imagine if we ended it on the beans come on that would be no way to go but what i mean is there neapolitan food isn't that beanie is it that's more like further up north right you don't tend to put lots of beans and things or is that true no no that's true but we have pasta and fazool that's true. As as our Americans will know, pasta fazul, they call it pasta fazul in Napolitan, of course, and so, that's uh, 
and that's obviously amazing. I mean, yes, it's a, that's a staple of Napolitan cuisine, pasta well, and beans. I know a lot of our listeners are making the trip over to Naples to see the last home game of the season. It should be very exciting for them. So perhaps they could, they could eat some of that, I'm sure. And hopefully they're listening to this, maybe even on an aeroplane on the way, on the way to Naples right now. Anyway, we're going to talk about football in a second, but there is some other sporting activity happening in Naples this week, right, Michele? Yeah, there is the Giro d'Italia, which is the cycling event of the year in Italy. So if you're not familiar with it, it basically takes place, obviously, once a year. And... Uh, well, it varies, it changes. So it's not always in Napoli. It takes turns, I guess. I'm not exactly sure uh, w- like how they decide uh, where it takes place, but it's obviously it's once a year in Italy. It's basically the Tour de France, but in Italy, because the Tour de France is obviously more, uh, more famous. And uh, yeah, this year it takes place in Italy. One, one of the, um, the races takes place in Napoli. And uh, yeah, and uh, it's actually, it actually takes place in on Saturday. On Saturday, I don't know what time. I should know. It's important because obviously it disrupts the whole city because it takes place. I'm now looking at the at the yeah the actual race and uh, yeah it goes from Lago Patria, which is close to. Uh, well, it's on. It's actually in Provincia di Caserta, so it's quite far away. It's a long trip, yeah. So it's on the um, western part of Napoli, let's say, but it's quite far away. It's basically where Castel Volturno is, let's say, more or less. Then it so goes you, down. Hang on, Michele. So if you're a cyclist in yeah. the Giro d'Italia and you've got your got your lycra on and you're cycling along, yes, what are you going to be seeing? On Saturday, I don't know where this starts. I don't understand. I really don't understand this. So yeah, okay. So it's well, you you would get lost, Michele. So I mean, there's a reason you're not a professional cyclist. No, you know what? We're hearing it now. No, I think okay. So as if I understand this right, it starts in Napoli on the Lungomare, so it's via Caracciolo. So what am I saying? What am I saying? I'm on the bike. I'm cycling. Well, obviously, you're looking at Castel del Lovo. Lovely. And uh, Castel del Lovo, you're going through Via Caracciolo, Lungomare. You go all the way up to Via Posillipo. So you go up the hill. You go up the hill, up the hill, up the hill. You go up Posillipo. Then you go towards Nisida, uh, the say? island. Yeah, you go, yeah. you go, yeah, you go. Then you go down through Bagnoli. Then you actually go through Fuorigrotta, if I'm looking at this right. So you, you go past the, the stadium. No, you don't go past the stadium, I think. Uh, you go near it, but you don't go past the stadium. You go very close to it, but you go through Bagnoli, which is the neighborhood which is next to Forigrotta. Then you go towards Pozzuoli. Uh, you, yeah, you don't go very close to the sea, but you go through Pozzuoli and then... Is that the bit yeah. where all the rich people live? Pozzuoli. No, not really. No, not really. I wouldn't say that. Pozzuoli is very What's nice. The... If you've never been to Pozzuoli, I would recommend going there. Very nice seafood there. Very nice. But don't place. go on Saturday unless you are a professional cyclist or you'd like to watch professional <laughs> cyclists. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. then, yeah, and then a very long, a very long 
route towards Lagopatria. And yeah, those are, I wouldn't call them interesting places. Castelvorturno sure. included. Then they go towards uh, Bacoli, Monte di Procida, very nice places. Bacoli as well. Mm-hmm. And the Kuma as well, beautiful. Then they go, all, and then they basically go back to uh, Pozzuoli, again, Bagnoli, and then they finish in Napoli again. I think they finish oh, in, cool. uh, I think they finish in, actually they finish in uh, uh, Piazza Municipio, if I'm looking at this correctly, which is Amazing. Nice. So yeah. they'll be like the final straight where they're all like sprinting I, and I think so. over and stuff. If I'm looking at this right, yes. Are you going to uh, go, Michele? Are you going to go to cheer on? I'm going, Micro? I'm staying as far away from this as possible because the traffic <laughs> is going to be insane. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I was actually looking at this in order to avoid all this. Uh, well, I'm not big on cycling and uh, yeah. Um, well, it's actually can... it's actually quite controversial because uh, I was I, I was reading some articles in the last few day, days and they were saying uh, they were saying you know like well I mean they basically they're basically racing in the middle of the city right and let's say that not all these roads are in perfect conditions let's say that and so oh obviously God. yeah yeah right and so basically all these articles were saying. Uh, you know, there's countdown to fix all these roads, not to uh, make a brutta figura, you know, not to yeah, yeah. not to be ashamed in in you know in front of the whole world, you know, because see, obviously this Giro d'Italia is quite famous, it's quite important, and if you have a cyclist falling over because of a pothole, uh, it's quite it's quite embarrassing. Uh, come on, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I, <laughs> have to, yeah. I have to admit, Michele, I never recovered from a disastrous seventh birthday party where I, I got given a bicycle that was too big for me and I kept falling off it. And I've never really been the same on bikes ever since. So um, it's, it's not my bag. But maybe this can reinvigorate my love for, for cycling. Um, okay, well, there we go. That's, that's very exciting. But a, a big event in Naples. If you're going to be going... Fun go to go to see the game on Sunday and you're flying in on Saturday, maybe just be aware that there will be some, some disruption to your journey. Anyway, so football. There has been a Napoli game this week, which I think has received really? the, lowest, the lowest amount oh. of comments, commentary there was of Napoli any game? Napoli. Yeah, apparently in, in oh. Torino. And it was 1-0 and Fabian Rui scored. Now in my notes, I've written... Is there anything we have learned or found of interest in this game? Question mark. Mm. Yeah, I just learned that there was a Napoli game. Hey. I didn't know. That's interesting. No, I don't know. No, no, I watched it obviously, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I'm... It was a decent effort, I would say. Yes. Um, well, I a would also effort for you to actually watch it, or a decent effort for the team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, I think we were we were talking on WhatsApp, right, during the game. Yeah, it wasn't the most entertaining start to a game in the history and, uh, of culture, I think. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, it was a decent effort from on, on my part as well. Uh, I would also say that Torino didn't really look that great. Let's say that, so they didn't put much resistance, and also they don't have anything to fight for. Let's say that. No. It was classic, I would say, end of end of season in Italy. But you you're at home, right? You watched it with your dad. 
I watched it, I mean, watch with my dad, it's, you know, it's maybe too much, you know. My dad was on his phone and then he actually fell asleep, I think, at <laughs> tough <at half> time. <laughs> he actually oh, fell asleep, 100%. Yeah, he, he played on his phone in the first half and then he fell asleep in the second half for a good part of the second half. So, yeah. Okay. And I couldn't blame him. I usually say, come on. I mean, try to. Yeah, I couldn't blame him at all. It, I mean, what's the point? But, but yeah, it was, I would say this. It was interesting to see that the whole away section was full and it had been full, I mean, sold out um, quite quickly. It actually sold out quite quickly. Hmm. That's interesting. It was also full of ultras, which I did not take for granted, considering that the previous game at home against Sassuolo was also full of ultras, protesting ultras. Yeah, okay. yeah, as we as we covered in great detail on the last exactly. show, yeah, absolutely. So perhaps they've got it off their chest. And is this just Kurva A still? Kurva B isn't isn't traveling, or, or do you not know? Kurva B is not traveling because uh, they usually don't travel because of because they can't. I mean, uh, yeah. the mo- most away games are restricted for away fans, and they you're supposed to have a fan card um, yeah. to 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 go to most away games. And the Curva B, as the, they they just decided they wouldn't get this fan card, and Curva decided they would get this fan card. So they travel, and Curva B uh, ultras they they don't. So that's why Curva you usually see the Curva A um, flags and banners in away games, most away games, and you don't see the Curva B flags instead. Yeah. So. I do think this is actually really quite interesting because I think there was a bit of a misunderstanding by some people on the internet saying that the the internet, I just sounded like someone from the mid-1990s. There were some people on the information superhighway mm-hmm. on on a GeoCity site on AOL. No, but there were, there were people kind of saying that, I can't believe people aren't the the ultras are protesting and not turning up. That didn't happen. The, the as far as I can tell is that the the protest happened, and then they went into the stadium and they just protested. It was that wasn't people voting with their feet. So I don't know. Um, yeah. Can you excuse me for a second to actually talk about football? Because for me, the interesting and in inverted commas thing about this game was what happens when you have our full-strength defence playing. So you mm. had Di Lorenzo back, you had Rachmani, Koulibaly, and the warm-up Pele, Mario Rui, all playing. Mm. And it doesn't half make a difference, does it, just to the solidity of the team. And, you know, you've been quite uh, severe on uh, Zanoli, um, and I think rightly so. I mean, he'll probably get better. And we don't really have a decent backup left back. That's such a, it's revealing, isn't it? How, how much better we were with those four players. And I think it really highlights where we need some strengthening over the summer, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know if it's too early to talk about the transfer market. I mean, I don't want to talk about the incoming players because that's, you know, there's a lot of speculation there. But yep. talking about outgoing players, that's I think that's more interesting because some of, some things are certain. 
Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, for sure we have to replace some players. So Gulam is leaving, Malqui is leaving. Yep. So yeah, for sure we're gonna replace some and uh, all those backup fullbacks again. So we need to make sure that that's. I don't know. We've seen like for me a lot of the meltdowns have come down partly to not having Di Lorenzo on the pitch. He's yes, the fittest sure. player, the fittest player probably in the league, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and not having that back up there. So I thought it was quite interesting how solid we looked. And yeah, so anyway, it was 1-0. Looks like we're going to finish ahead of Juve because they melted down against Genoa. But let's not get too cocky about that because we've got absolutely Genoa coming not. up at no, the it's weekend. Way too, it's way too early to tell. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it was so, a, yeah, all in all, it was a good game. I think it's... Uh, we... Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, remember when we said Napoli plays well when there is nothing to fight for, basically, when there, are, when there is no pressure? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we kind of did that again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, say that I want to talk about Ossiman because I thought it was a really good performance from him. And I think that a lot of people will watch highlight reels and see him as a target man. And actually, you've been in the stadium. We're going off off scripts here, but you know, sort of. It's Victor Osimhen. Like any opportunity to talk about him, um, I think he's a really intelligent player, and I think that he does a huge amount of work for other players around him. And I think one of the frustrations I've had this season is that there hasn't been an, an attacking build-up where Osimhen can be his clever self. So if you're just hoofing it up to him and there's this huge gap between him and the midfield, he can't be making his runs. He can't be taking um, defenders and defensive midfielders out of play for people like Lozano, Zinje, Zielinski to actually run into that space. But we saw that a lot more, I think, against uh, Torino. And I don't think it's Ossiman's fault that we haven't seen that. I think it's to do with the tactical setup of the team. Is that something that you've seen in the stadium in terms of what Ossiman's like as a player? I do. I did see him. I did see it a lot. I I would say that he is a no. I think I I don't think he had a spectacular game against Torino. I've seen. I would say, for example, Mertens is a very intelligent player. I would say Mertens is probably the most intelligent player we have on a tactical level. And I did see some instances of Mertens getting frustrated with Osimhen. On, on yep. uh, against Torino, yeah. When Mertens got the ball, and Osimhen wasn't in the right position to actually help Mertens build up uh, towards towards the goal, towards Torino, and uh, towards the Torino's goalkeeper, I've seen it a couple of times, and that I did feel like they they could do much better. They don't have the chemistry yet. I di- I do feel like Osimhen could be much much better. At that, Osimhen is. I do feel like he's very smart in his movement. I think Osimhen movement uh, off the ball is one of the his best qualities. Yeah, absolutely for sure. But I do think he can be much much better. I do feel like sometimes he he just if like he's very good at running, right? He's very fast. He's very good. He's very dominating, like physically yeah. speaking, right? And he knows that. It gives me the impression sometimes that he knows that so much that he does that like he runs for the sake of running if you know what i mean like he just does that because he knows he's good at it and he's dominating at that 
So he just runs for the sake of running. That's my feeling like on the stadium and also just watching on television. He just runs for the sake of running because he's good at it. Even though sometimes that's not a good choice. It's not a good, it's, it's not, that's not the like right decision to make at that moment during the build-up. And sometimes we miss chances. Like it's it's hard to explain if not like if 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 not um provided the, the right context in the during the game. It's 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 easier to see during the game. Maybe it's sure. something you can you can pay attention to uh during the game next time you see a game. Like sometimes I just see like running towards the goal, even though there is no absolutely no point, especially if he gets the ball and stuff. It's it's a little bit frustrating, and I see Mertens also um, not screaming because he's too smart to do that, but actually talking to him, saying, don't do yeah. that, uh, come towards me, and let's play with each other more. And there because... were some moments of that in, in, in the Torino game. There was the, the back hill, which was fantastic, and there was some I mean, really good runs to take people out of position. I think in his defense, I think, you know, I'll go back to what I said before, that when you're hoofing the ball up to him, like we did for two months essentially which is when we kind of destroyed our scudetto chances that's not going to help Ossiemen's integration agree. and ke- chemistry with 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 some of these players and and again we saw Insigne make some really infuriating choices as well and I think it's really interesting what you say about Chiro Mertens and like I really hope I mean, it really looks like the contract's going to be signed, but I really hope that next season he's put at the centre of that sort of think on pitch thinking, you know, and, and there are some players around him and he can really dictate that sort of attacking shape that we have. And it isn't just hoofer up to Ossiman who can just run at the ball or run with the ball because it doesn't show off half of his talents, does it? You know, that's true. I agree 100%. I do think there was probably something Spalletti said we would do, we should do, and uh, I don't think that that has worked. Uh, mm. That has, like sometimes it does, but no, I do think we waste a lot of chances like that. Also because Osimhen isn't very good at defending the ball one on one against the defender. He loses a lot of one on one duels. Like uh, when the ball's at his feet, or in the no, air. no, when the ball uh, comes from uh, from yeah. from the air. Oh um, God, it was frustrating that whole period. They just hoof it up to him because yeah. I mean, n- no striker in the world can win hundreds of those. You know, it's no, but this, it's yeah, he's bad. He's better than, and that's fine. I mean, he's good at other stuff, but he's better than yeah, yeah. I mean, he's tall, so anyway. Um, okay, so this weekend we. Napoli are playing Genoa in their last home game of the season. And we are recording this very late because of the amount of work you've had to do because tickets are absolutely selling, as we'd say in England, like hot cakes. Uh, yeah. Give us a bit of an update. So this is a, is it a sellout? It's going to be, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to predict. But so far, my estimate, because Napoli, for some reason, People ask me about why, why don't Napoli give us any like actual number of tickets sold? That you know, like the answer is, who knows? Or as we say in Italy, bo, bo. Uh, yeah, it's who knows, guy. Who knows? But my estimate, based on experience, is 
I think Napoli has sold so far about 30,000 tickets, which is a lot, yeah. considering that the, the home tickets are about 48,000. And considering that the actual decent tickets in the stadium are about, I would say, 40,000, maybe? You have, you have to discount all the ones on the on the ground, don't you? Yeah, you the, the lower curva tickets are... I mean, to be honest, now they cost 10 euros. So at 10 euros, they are good. They're worth it. 10 euros, yeah. man. That's 10, like... 10 That's euros. like people standing up at the Globe in the 1590s and paying one penny to see Shakespeare's premieres <laughs> of his plays. I love it. Maybe, but that's that's how much they're worth, you know. Like I've been, I, honestly, I've been saying that for for such a long time because until, well, until six months ago, the lower curva was um, had the same price as the upper curva, and that made no sense at all because the view from the lower curva is very very much not the same so i was always like the curva the lower curva the lower curva has to cost half as much as the upper curva for some reason i don't know why for some reason they never did that they never did that but now finally they decided to lower the price and yeah but yeah no um so okay, yeah so it's so, so yeah it's, it's so appears- this is a big day that we're going to be as a fan base saying goodbye to a player who has put his body on the line for seasons and seasons that is representative of a glorious era of the team one of the most likable players to, it's our opportunity to say goodbye to Fauzi Gulam right <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah Fauzi Gulam is yeah so when yeah this is why all these tickets have been sold right McCann? 100% yeah, I'm laughing. You know why? Because I, I thought you were talking about some someone else. I thought um, you were talking about Malqui. Yeah, Kevin Malqui. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'll be actual, there. With... Actual Napoli legend, yes. <laughs> I'll be there with my Malqui <laughs> shirt on. Um, looking No, so, I mean, I, I, the Gulam thing, I think, is actually serious. I think that the, the fact that he's leaving is is something that... Heartbreaking. To... Heartbreaking. Yeah. And like, it's not heartbreaking because he's a brilliant player for us. It's it's so sad, uh, like what what's happened to him since that injury because that that was that three month period, wasn't it? Sort of September to December. What year was it? Twenty eighteen. He was the best left back in the world. I'd say he's absolutely incredible. The way he he'd link up with Hamsik and Insigne and Zasari, it was beautiful stuff to see. And he'd really been on a journey, hadn't he, with us? So. I think, is it fair that people in the city, obviously we're going to talk about Insigne in a second, but do you think it's fair that people are going to actually be sort of saying goodbye to him properly on, on Sunday? I think this is something, you know, now that I think about it, this is very similar to the Maggio situation. If you oh, think super bike. It. I love to go. Yeah. It's very, very similar. Obviously, Maggio was also, I think, the vice captain or something. Yeah. So yeah, Maggio, uh, Maggio stayed longer and he was, Obviously, more important, but Gulam, you know, Gulam is a very decent person, most of all, you know, yep. and he's always been a very good professional. And uh, I have nothing bad to say about him. I think no one has anything bad to say about him. He's always been very, very good, very nice. He's always been a very good professional. Everyone loves him. 
really important and in the dressing room done a huge amount absolutely. in the city is right like he's always seemed to be visiting hospitals or supporting yes. community projects and things yeah obviously there is no there is no way you can get a renewal because yeah i mean i don't think there's even a rumor that he's gonna stop playing football altogether and uh yeah i don't think i don't, I don't know if that's true but i really hope I mean, it's I hope he can carry on somewhere. Or if he does stop, I hope that the club can find some kind of role for him. But they're not great at that. And I really hope that it won't be like Maggio because that yeah. was a disgrace, actually. And really fell on, on Sarri, I thought, really let, let himself down there. So, okay. Very is, sad, the, is the sellout for Lorenzo Insigne, do you think, Michele? I, I, I said Kevin Malqui. Okay, and Kevin Malqui, who's... You know, done if he has done very little. Um, but so you know, a lot of people, no, um, are, lot of people okay, are far, okay, far away. Okay, okay, okay. It's hard. Let's okay, let's talk about this. Okay, the sellout, uh, which is not sure, but I think it's it's gonna be, I think, a close call. Yeah, I don't think it's it's for Insignia, no. Okay, that's my that's Ooh. my perception. Straight I, that's away, my perception. No, that's people my. Are, but that's, people are no. shouting at their headphones right now. Okay. No, but that's not you know that's not because. Look, um, I've been asked many times in the past week, in the past two weeks, if because obviously when people get in touch with me about tickets, they ask me, "Do you think it's gonna be a sellout? Do you think it's gonna sell well or not?" And I always try to give them my honest. Uh, read about the situation it's very very hard you know because again against Roma it was quite full against Fiorentina it was a sold out and then Sassuolo was 15,000 tickets sold and now people ask me about um, Genoa and then um, so I tried to give my prediction and I was telling them I told them I think it's gonna be it's not gonna be like Sassuolo because and I told them some reason I told them there is a promo for under 14. So under 14 kids will get a free ticket again. So that's that helps. Yep. Then there is a new promo that reduces the price a little bit for the Tribuna Nisida and Tribuna Posilibo. So that helps a little bit, not too much, but that helps. Then usually, usually the last home game of the season usually gets a bigger crowd. That's always been the case. You know, it's... Yep. You know, like May is a nice, you know, nice weather. It's a nice, a nice month. Uh, people like to do stuff, especially outdoor. And uh, it's just nice to go to the stadium. It's usually and going to the stadium. It's a nice family friendly event. So people actually do that. Um, going to the stadium in Napoli, it's not something you plan you you plan to do like months in advance. You, it's something you plan to do like a week before, like three, four, five days before, something like that. Be like, hey, let's go and see the game. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, yeah, the weather's gonna be alright. Let, let's go. Okay, so exactly. So that's that's why you know, like I've seen, like I, to, even today, I was at the at the ticket store, uh, obviously, and uh, I've seen people, like I've seen families, I've seen people getting tickets. Uh, I've seen a father with his kid and they were talking about getting a ticket and uh, yeah, they didn't mention Insignia, you know, they were like, oh, would you like to go to the stadium? And they were like, yeah, yeah, would you like to go to the Curva? You know, it was like a normal conversation 
between a father and his kid because they wanted to go to the stadium together. I think it was like the first time in a while for them. It was yeah. just like a an activity to go to do together because of the weather was nice because the the tickets were quite cheap. You know, that's the you know that's that's how it is. It's not about insignia. It's so isn't so that weird? Isn't that weird, Michele? This is a guy that's played ten full seasons for the club. He was born, if not in Naples, very close to Naples. I mean, and it's his last game. I mean, most clubs, if the homegrown boy would do something, there would be some kind of coordinated response, no? Or is that not weird, do you think? Okay, I'll say something now. And uh, I... Okay, maybe, you know, it's going to be a little bit difficult to understand, probably. But I do believe that's the case. I do believe that what I'm saying is true. And probably, like, you, something will happen on Sunday. Like they'll have some kind of event for Insignia, obviously, and the whole senior will have a standing ovation and stuff like that. And you will say, ah, Michele was talking, you know, was, was lying and stuff. That will take place, but what I'm about to say is still true, believe me. Insignia leaving is not a big deal. Love that it. is... This All the is... hot takes. The hot takes are flying no, but this is like Vesuvia, trust me. Yeah. Like honestly, and it's not because people don't care. It's because people have accepted it. You know, like uh, how long ago has Insignia as Insignia announced it? Yeah, it was, it was January. Like it was five like... five months ago, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. And we talked about. It. I was pretty shocked when when he announced it. But now, you know, five months ago, you know, five months have passed, and now, I mean, that's it. I'm going to the stadium and uh, I really, okay, I, I'm i going to the stadium and yeah, I mean, Tina's going to say goodbye. It's really not that big of a deal. I'm, but you were there for his first goal, Michele, years and years ago. Like, did you not feel a, 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 a twang of emotion or even a, a, a snifter of, uh, of that sort of nostalgic ennui, a little, little, Pang in your guts to think that that's a that's a no. ten years of your life represented. I would say I would say we, on a scale from one to ten, it's a solid six, six and a half maybe, in terms of importance, in terms of like, yeah, I will remember this kind of thing. Yeah, it's no, it's not that big of a you know, no, it's just I don't know. Like I, I honestly, I honestly don't feel it, you know. And then again, they will have, they will do something, you know. I'm sure they will do something. They will show something on the big screens, and Insigne will do some kind of, uh, maybe a speech. Jesus, I'm, trying, Mama, I'm picturing yeah. <laughs> Insigne speaking. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, he will do something. He will be, he will have a standing ovation, maybe like a five minute standing ovation. That will be joining the whole stadium. Still, you know, like, no, I don't think anyone is going to the stadium because of Insignia. If you ask people, they are going to the stadium because the game is on Sunday at 3 p.m., which is a nice, it's like the best time slot for a on game. The 14th of May, 24 degrees, sunshine. It's yeah, gonna 15, be nice. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Sorry, 15th, very, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 432 it's... appearances, 121 goals in all competitions. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's an important player for, obviously, for the history of the club. But 
I don't think uh, I don't know. He won the know. European Championships. He's it's yeah, not iconic. <laughs> the iconic iconic goal against Real Madrid. You know, there's a lot of anyway. How does he compare then to other local heroes? So you compare him, you know, and not just you, but maybe some of the people that you've spoken to here. Maybe your dad as well. I don't know anyone that's sort of close to you about this. So you compare how people think and talk about. Insigne to how they talk about Bruscolotti no, or how they how no they talk about compa- no comparison at all. No compa- I mean I can't talk about that because obviously I didn't see Bruscolotti, but Bruscolotti is some kind of like mythical figure, you know. Like Bruscolotti has been captain for Napoli for so many years, and he was actually the guy who willingly gave the the captain uh, armband to Maradona saying, I give this to you, but you give me the scudetto. And, and he did. And they did, yeah. Maradona did that, yeah. So I mean, how do you? How can and he you compare? He spanned so many ears, uh, yeah. year, eras, didn't he? Uh, yeah, exactly. Bruscolotto, Insigne, that great team of the seventies. Yeah. I'm Maradona. sorry, but Insigne has been Insigne. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can cite the numbers, but Insigne for me has been. So you up, don't think and, he and, he stirs the same emotion or no? And Antonio Giuliano, twelve seasons as captain, born in Naples, 1960s, 1970s. No, I don't think so. But don't, no, I don't think so. No, no, no. He also I mean, won you, the European Championships in 1968. No, no, no. You can, I think, no. But it's hard to compare those teams with with this team. You know, those players with these players. I think you can compare Insignia to. You should compare Insignia maybe to Hamsik, to Lavezzi. You know, these are I'm better comparisons. About the How about Cannavaro? Yeah, this is a better comparison. I think, yeah, you can compare. Yeah, I think probably you can compare him to Cannavaro, maybe. Yes. Yeah, that's a better comparison for sure. Yes. And I don't, I can't remember Cannavaro leaving. I don't think anyone. And Cannavaro was, yeah, it's a very good comparison because Cannavaro was also, it was an important player for sure. Because we got promoted from Serie B to Serie A with Cannavaro, but he was a very underwhelming player on the pitch, Paolo Cannavaro. And Insigne, obviously, I mean, he's not a bad player. Cannavaro, Paolo Cannavaro, I would say, was a kind of a bad player, I would say. Yeah, but he, he got the job done. But yeah, I mean, we're not saying talent wise that. Uh, yeah, but that's important, you know, that, that, <laughs> it, that's important, I would say. Yeah, for me, like on a personal level, if you ask me, I would consider Insigne a little bit underwhelming. And then people would say, yeah, but what about these numbers and that number? Yeah, but I don't know. Well, I suppose the difference is, Michele, between you and quite a lot of people who are commenting on this on the internet and stuff, is that you're in that stadium and you see you see you see a bigger picture, I think, than quite a lot of people who are watching on TV. And I think I think for quite a lot of people who are in the stadium. He can be an enormously frustrating player to watch. We had the episode a few a few episodes ago. We we're talking about Katsima and the kind of players that we we're looking back quite fondly on. They're not necessarily the, the greatest players in Napoli's history. A bit like what we're saying about Cannavaro, but there was a sense of of something else, something something driving them that sometimes we don't quite see with Insigne. And I think that's that is that's really interesting. It's and so. But do you think, I mean, some people say that you've got people like Giro Mertens, Kalutu Kolobali, Marek Hamsik, Lavetsi. These are all people who are not from Naples. These people are coming from the, from the outside in. They are sort of adopted sons of the city. Do you think it's harder f- 
for, for Neapolitans to excel in the team and beyond that to kind of enter the hearts of, of the fans, of, of the TFOC. Okay, I have a natural controversial opinion about this. Okay, this is good. This is a very controversial episode. I like it. My actual controversial opinion is that Insigne, because he was Napolitan, he was actually treated better because Love of it. That. Okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Come on, show, show your working. I've been grading papers all day. So, <laughs> you know, I need to see, I need to support these statements with, with evidence. Okay, and, and, you know. Because every time, every time he does, like, Insigne has had very, very bad games with Napoli, you know, like some horrible games with us. But when a normal player has bad games, like he's judged as a bad, you know, you know, obviously like as a, you know, you judge his performance as bad. But when Insigne has bad performances, you had the, you have the Insigne defenders who say, oh, you only say that because he's Napolitan, you know, we're always so harsh on Napolitan players. We have all these people who defend him who only say that because, yeah, you know, you're only saying that because he's Napolitan. You wouldn't say that if he were from Spain, from Argentina. That's not true at all. That's not true at all, you know, like mm. Insigne has very... I think we've gone like all the way around and yeah, we defend Insigne. We, we have people who defend Insigne against everything because he's Napolitan. I think that's so interesting. That's so interesting. And I, I think <laughs> there's probably something there because I think that he has been very inconsistent for the club, not just from a game-to-game perspective, from a season-to-season perspective. I think if you look at his... I mean, I think his best season was probably 2016, 2017. He scored a lot of goals. And then he wasn't very good in the famous 2017-2018. He went from scoring 18 goals to scoring eight goals. And then he was, you know, blowing hot and cold for a couple of years. And then he, then last season, he has this incredible explosion. And then this season, he goes missing again. And I think yeah, it's interesting that a lot of other players would be... And he's people, never been benched. Yeah. Why? Whereas you, you look at someone like Chucky Lozano, who I'm relatively divisive figure amongst the fan base but he he very much gets benched and yeah. there's a sort of clamor for him him to go that maybe isn't yeah. that interesting and that's very problematic i feel because insigne is a very weak player mentally speaking and um you have to manage him on this like on this dimension too hmm. because like i feel like managers are kind of scared of that because if you bench Insigne, he kills himself, you know, because Insigne has to be um, motivated continuously and yeah. he's the captain. Like, he shouldn't yeah. be like that, you know, he should be the like all the way, like the, the other way around. He should be the one motivating and you have Insigne talking. Uh, do you remember Insigne? I think it was like last year. Or uh, yeah, last year or two years ago, saying I know I shouldn't be like that because I get depressed and I get sad and I talk too much when things don't go don't go how I want them to go, and I'm the captain. I shouldn't be this way. I should actually motivate my teammates. I should like yeah. last year, and he's the captain. That's a problem. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's a that's but a liability. Surely it's you know? hard for him. Surely it's hard for him because I don't has- care. He's the captain. 
he should be the leader. I don't care. I don't care. He should be the leader. And, and instead, you're, you're scared to bench him because if you bench him, he gets depressed and he doesn't deliver anymore. And if you, if you, like, he's bad at penalties, but if you take him off the penalty shoots, then, then what happens? He gets depressed. I thought of Come you on. last week when he did the penalty exactly the same way he's done it before and it got saved. You did, you called it, Michele, you called it a couple of weeks ago. So you're not going to be going on a pilgrimage to Toronto to see Insigne play. But I would just want to say, he's, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I mean, obviously, he's above average. Okay, obviously, he's a very talented player. He's above average, but I mean, not this season. This season, I think, I feel this season has been a liability most of the time. But last season, obviously, was very good. Last season, I think, was one of the, our best players. But How did most... you feel? How did you feel when he scored his first goal? You were there. You knew, you knew where he was from. I was, I was very emotional. Everyone was. Everyone was. I was like, wow, we actually watched Insigne, an Apolitan player, was not from Napoli, by the way, but still, come on. Uh, we watched in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fratta Maggiore. We watched Insigne score... Like his first goal in Napoli, you know. Well, let's hope he's it was first Parma. of many. First of many, yeah. Against was Parma, I was in Curva B, yeah. First of, yeah. So yeah, no, I was very. That's that's what I mean, you know. Like if you see, if you see Erwin Offer score a, a goal, like his first goal in Napoli, you don't care about that, you know. But if you if you see a Napolitan player do that, you you cheer him three times louder. So that's what I mean, like. And if you compare that feeling, how you felt when you scored the first goal, that kind of um, intensity of emotion yeah. to the, how you feel now with him leaving. And in theory, it should be on the same level, but it's sort of different emotion. But it doesn't feel like that's what's coming out of you, Michele. You feel quite sort of underwhelmed by the whole thing. I... Okay, but, well, to be honest, I, I don't... I am a little bit traumatised by the past and by past players living this team. So this is on a personal level. I don't, I don't know, like it's hard for me to speak about like how everyone will feel about this. I, I speak to a lot of obviously Napoli fans, my friends and stuff, and no one is saying, oh, wow, can you believe it's actually like his last game? No one is talking about that. I don't like, there's no one actually feeling the weight of the last Insigne game. I don't, I don't how feel it. Papa, how, what, what, what does your dad say? No, he's happy. He he doesn't like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> he and he's the guy that was watching Maradona in the stadium. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't like Insigne at all. Like maybe too much. He's a little bit undeserved how much he hates Insigne. But oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's it's okay. But yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, well, that, I, don't, I, I don't feel it's a topic of discussion in the city, you know? that's That's why I talk this way. No, me I personally, don't think that's the whole point of this show, man. Yeah, but me personally, since Higuain has left to Juventus, I don't get attached to players too much anymore. I've been scarred for life after that. It's yeah, yeah. uh, he has a lot to answer for that. So, do you have yeah. a? Well, I think we talked about your favorite Insignia memory, which is presumably the the first goal. No, my favorite Insignia memory, I feel, it's the goal against Borussia Dortmund. In the Champions League, uh, it was a free kick. Uh, the second goal against Borussia Dortmund, and Borussia Dortmund was the finalist in the previous Champions League. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was our first Champions League uh, game 
I, will, I think it was with Benitez. I don't want to be wrong. It was the first uh, Higuain's game at the Sao Paulo. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the very famous uh, YouTube video of Decibel Bellini uh, yeah, shouting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that is from that game. That is the first goal against Borussia Dortmund. The second goal is from Insignia. And it, well, when he says from... he said Gonzalez nine times, or yeah, 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 exactly. That's yeah. right, yeah. That's first the, goal the number is... on his shirt. That's right, yeah. yeah. The first goal is from Higuain, and the second goal is from Insigne. And then we, I think we, yeah, we, uh, Zuniga, I think, was there. Yeah, we, we won 2 1. We, we won 2 1. It was an on goal, and uh, we won 2 1. I think it was the 12 points grouped. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, God. there was, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome, man. <laughs> How do we support? Why do we support this club? Anyway, I don't um, know. We, we like the vein, but yeah, that goal was amazing because I was watching for the first and the last time, I was watching Curva A lower, and I had actually the perfect view for, for that free for, for that free kick, so that was amazing. And also, yeah, the whole game, I don't know, yeah, the nine times Iguain thing, yeah, I was there, it was very nice, amazing. Amazing. Well, that's good. I think that's a, that's a good memory. I mean, I think for me, I mean, I asked the question, but I don't quite know what my answer is. I think I can't stop getting that Real Madrid goal out of my head because I just yeah, think... Actually, I don't, yeah, actually, I don't know why I said Borussia Dortmund. Actually, the Real Madrid goal is 100% my favourite goal. I cried there. It was I, just so... I mean, we were playing well, but it was just wasn't... I, yeah, I can't even put it into words. Just like that goal on that stage and that player did. I mean, yeah, it was wonderful. Um, I was there. I cried like a baby after the goal. <laughs> I cried. I hugged my brother and we cried together for like two minutes after the goal. It was amazing. I'm not surprised because it was such a, a Real Madrid and this, this club. Um, they're just, they're, you know, and we've seen it this, this year with the way that they play and the results they get, even when they're not a great team, there's still that sort of presence. They are royalty in Europe, aren't they? And there was just something just wonderful. incredible, incredible. I think it's one of those things that if you didn't live it, it's very hard to explain. It's very, very hard to explain. It's like the hype before that game was massive, massive. It's impossible to to convey how big that game was for us. Hmm. And I went there. And when you go to away games, the hype becomes, you know, 10 times as big. Yeah. Because that's the only thing you can think of until you go to the, to the stadium. And that the stadium, I think, is the, the most beautiful stadium I've ever seen in my life. And but yeah, it was an amazing game. And I think, yeah, I think De Laurentiis brought like 50 friends to that to, to, to that game in the, at the Bernabeu. Do you remember what happened after that? After what, that what, game, like what, yeah, was, we, we no, we lost. Do you mean? Uh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. We no, we lost three one. Then yeah. De Laurentiis was also hyped. I think he he believed it, that we would have won that game or something like that. It was that delusional. And, oh uh, yeah, he, he was yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, he was so angry that uh, he gave uh, an interview at the Italian television, and he basically. 
I think because of that interview, Sarri left at the end of the season. Yeah, and I think that was also really significant for the fans as well. I think that obviously there were rumblings of discontent at that point, but I think that was sort of enough is enough for quite a lot of people. But um, yeah, he basically said to... the, the team has no balls and uh, only Insigne and Diavara had balls or something like that. Can you believe that? Non è vero. But I think um, we'll have to do a, a De Laurentiis episode in the summer because you've been, you've been holding back on this, Michele. But let's get to the end of the season. Um, okay, I'm happy with that. That's a good, good bit of time on Insigne. I hope people listening have enjoyed the slightly different perspective on this. And it is different in the city than it is on the Twitter. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes on Sunday. Um, have you got have you got a phrase for us, a Neapolitan phrase of the week, Michele? Yeah, yeah, mate. I, I have a phrase. I, I I was I was thinking about that because it's it's a very famous phrase. It's something which which is used like every day in the everyday um the everyday uh life of the Neapolitan. And uh I don't know if I want to use so I, I chose this phrase because I was thinking about Insignia. To be honest, okay, it's a little bit of a strong phrase, but so I, I would say it's a little bit undeserved because I don't think Insigne like totally deserves this. But I'll, I'll say it anyway. So the phrase is "E voglia mettere room chi nasce strunz non può diventare babba." Okay, well I recognize one of those words. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, I'll repeat and then I'll say it in Italian. "E voglia mettere room." Chi nasce strunz non può diventare babà. Translated in Italian. Hai voglia metterci il rum. Chi nasce stronzo non può diventare babà. In English would be no matter how much rum you put in inside, if you are born an asshole, you will not become a babà. And of so... course, rum, rum babà is very important. Uh, yes as so, a dish yeah so metaphorical speaking would be i don't know like how would you explain it it would be yeah so if you if you're born a square you will not become a circle let's say uh still a metaphor yeah. but i suppose the polite way of saying it is it goes back yes. to what you were saying before that there's just something about the senior's personality that doesn't quite suit the sort of Il mio capitano uh, narrative that I think some people have. Um, or you've just been spending too much time around your dad and his insigne um, <laughs> hate is beginning to rub off on you to the point right. that, that the and <laughs> phrase of the week is that. But, I mean, everyone listen to this. I know everyone's got a different opinion about insigne. Please do share what you think about this, but also share some of your own memories, your own thoughts on him. I don't know if you've ever seen him play in the stadium in Naples. Give us, give us some, uh, give us some thoughts on that. It's always good to hear from you. I haven't it's been such a busy time for me here at work. I haven't had much time to send out tweets to get people's opinions on things, but we'll pick pick back up on that soon. <laughs> and next week we'll be recording. I don't want to give too much away, but a very special episode, our eleventh episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvius. So, so please do keep your eyes peeled. If we can pull it off, Michele, do you, do you feel confident that we can we can pull this off? No. Yeah, so it will either be a really exciting special episode or it will just be the sound 
of birds that I record and I will release them. But um, it will be entertaining. Nice. Yeah, some people will, will find it maybe more more entertaining. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Uccelli, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts for our listeners, Michele? This this late night Napoli show. No, no. I just you know I would just say uh, I'm happy that the stadium is gonna be full on Sunday. Uh, I didn't take it. I would I would have thought that it would have been busier than obviously against Sassuolo, but I wouldn't have taken it for granted. So I'm happy that it's gonna you know that obviously in senior. I don't want I don't want people again the phrase of the week was a little bit strong but I, I don't want it to be offensive. I do like Insigne. Insigne is a big Napoli fan and he's he loves Napoli, he loves the club, he's given it all. Uh so I do want more Insigne in this team and I'm I didn't want him to leave. I don't think it's going to be necessarily that bad for us, I'll be honest. But if it were up to me, I would have liked him to stay, because I do feel like we need Napoli fans in the in the te- in the team. I do feel like yeah, we it's... need more than one. We need we need two or three because it just takes the pressure off as well. I think. Yeah, so I I would have liked him to stay. To be honest, I'm not one of those like oh please leave please leave. I would have liked him to stay. I do feel like maybe it's gonna take some kind of like pressure, some kind of weight off the team. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, I'm open, you know, to to see what's gonna happen. And it but, can happen uh, in football. It does happen a lot when you have that uh, yes. big, big player that leaves, and then there is a yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, let's see what happens. And uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to next week, both for the special episode and for the game, which is I think is gonna be nice. It's always nice to see a full stadium at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Especially yeah. because all the chants from the curva are uh, targeted, are geared for the 3 p.m. Sunday games. You know, very it's very weird to chant the, the chants for the 3 p.m. Sunday games on on Saturday night. You know, it doesn't make any sense. That's true. So That's yeah, true. let's let, let's do that, and uh, yeah, let's see let's see what happens. All right, man. Well, um, if people listening want to find Michele on Twitter, it's at Napoli Tickets. Do give Michele a follow. Uh, I'm at Henry Bell Calcio. You can join the small but exclusive club of people to uh, follow me. You can keep up to date with with what I'm doing, but also you know stuff stuff that I write. Michaela, did did you see that article that I wrote? Did you, did you see it? I saw it, man. It was it was amazing. Actually, this guy got published on the Guardian. In the Guardian, ten point four million people are on the follow the Guardian, and they tweeted little old me. There we go. Yeah, a, that is true. I'm this guy's big, famous. This guy, this guy's a celebrity. It's gonna go to my head. Don't worry. So I'm at Henry Barcalcio. Either follow, or you're probably if you are following me, you're now gonna unfollow me. So that's fine. But this <laughs> show, um, also want to give a shout out to to Rafa Rispo who um, edits this and releases it for us. Thanks, Rafa, uh, il presidente. Give a shout out to Ken who's on holiday. Ciao, Ken, ciao, Fredo. Hope you're having a lovely time on holiday. Um, and this podcast is part of the Far From Vesuvius uh, podcast network at Far From Vesuvius on Twitter. So that is us signing out for the day. Forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre. Sempre.